Well, every now and then I like to get a little uh, movie clip to get our juices flowing and thinking about the topic of the night. And, you know, a lot of times when I get a movie clip, it's usually, you know, kind of a recent movie. But I thought it was time I reach back a little ways and maybe get something for our more mature audience uh, that they would remember and appreciate. But I'll tell you something, it's not just about reaching back. You actually have to go back pretty far in time to try to get a picture where you respect your elders. Now, I'm certainly not advocating violence toward children or throwing anybody in the mud, okay? Let's be real clear about that. That's not the picture that we're trying to show tonight. But I tell you what I do advocate in that little clip is that idea of expecting respect. Let me ask you a question, parents. What do you want to give your children? We think about what we want them to have, especially as they grow up and leave the home. There's probably some simple kind of some basic things we think of in the world that we hope they have. We hope they have money. We, we hope maybe they have an education. We hope maybe they have opportunities. These are things we want to provide for them. Maybe we think, I hope we think about what we're giving them in the Lord. Let me ask you this. What do you think God would say? As a mom and a dad, what does he want you to give to your children? What does he want you to make sure they have before they exit the home? I think God would say this. If you want life to go well for your kids, teach them to honor, to respect authority, beginning with you. I want to tell you something. This is a major issue in our culture. And it's one I believe, I believe this is maybe one of the most significant issues in our culture that will lead, not might lead, not possible, I believe will lead this nation to crumble from within. I think Pastor R. Kent Hughes hit it on the head when he said talking about obedience today is counterculture. Unbridled freedom is the rule of the day for kids. Obedience suggest mindless conformity. We don't expect this of kids anymore. Now, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about pictures, the kind of pictures that culture, that media, that that entertainment puts in front of us. And the picture that is clearly put in front of us is that the one goal of a parent today is to be the child's equal. The, the, The goal of a parent today is to be their best friend. You watch entertainment, you watch TV today of families, and more often than not, it's going to be the child that is the dispenser of wisdom and logic. It's going to be the child who's helping the parent to get it. I think you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, watch TV this week. Watch one with a family, and I'll guarantee you, eight times out of ten, the show is about the child helping the parent to get it. Helping the parent to figure life out after they have made a a mess of things. Now, we're continuing tonight in our series. And, of course, we're we're kind of in two series right now. We're in our big series on Ephesians. We have been here since April. And would you believe we are still going to go all the way through November before we get through these six chapters? You probably never knew you would spend so long in Ephesians. And we're also right now in a little sub-series on the family because we're in a place in Ephesians that gives us some very specific pictures 
of the family and the roles that each member of the family plays. By the way, a number of you have asked, are we going to package these couple of messages? As a matter of fact, there's five messages. Today's the fourth one. Are we going to package that and have that available at the media table when the family part is done? And, and yes, we are. And those will be available here in a couple of weekends. But we've been looking at these portraits. We've looked at the wife. We've looked at the husband. And today we come to look at the role the children play in the home. Now, there's a little bit of a twist in how we're going to do this. You know, when we looked at the wife, we talked to the wife. When we looked at the husband, we we talked to the husband. And tonight, when we look at the children, we're going to talk to the parents. Now, the children, the youth, I see y'all laughing over here. You over here and and this little group right here. If we're mad at kids today, y'all are going to be our, our representative of group we're mad at, okay? This right here, the kids who are disobedient. Now, we're going to talk. Now, kids, you need to listen. Kids throughout here, you need to listen. God has a role for me. God has something for me to do in the home. You kids need to be listening, but God intends for these kids to get that through their parents. So parents, we're going to paint the portrait. We're going to paint the picture for you, and it's what you are to deliver to your children. You know, we live in a society today that hates authority. We hate all authority. We do not. We put up with it. We deal with it, but we do not respect authority. I think that probably began four decades ago in the cultural rebellion of the 60s. We rebelled against governmental, corporate, family, religious. We rebelled against authority and we've only stayed there and picked up speed. We hate authority. But here's the problem. This is a huge issue with God. And if God's over here and we're over here, that's not going to be good. And this is a big, big deal with God. Now, here's what I want to do tonight. I want you to go ahead and turn to our passage. Our passage is Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, I hope you'll get one there in the pew and open it up and read along and study with us. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. Now, normally what I do... At this point, when we open up the passage, as I read the passage and then begin to try to work through it word by word or maybe looking at a particular phrase. But that's not quite how I'm going to do this tonight. I want you to find a seat in Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 3. Get comfortable there because now what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a bunch of passages. I'm going to come at you with a tidal wave of verses because I want you to see, I literally want to overwhelm you a little bit with how often and with the kind of clarity that God speaks to this. I want us to see how important this is to Him. So if you're in Ephesians chapter 6, just kind of stay there. You can read behind me on the screen. We're going to be looking at a number of verses, beginning with Exodus 20.12 and Deuteronomy 5.16. Now this is one verse that appears in two different locations. It says this, Honor your father and mother so that you may have a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Exodus 21, verse 17. Whoever curses his father or mother must be put to death. Now, just a quick little note there. That would have been done in the, in the religious and the legal community in the Old Testament. Okay, This is not saying if your child disobeys you to kill them. Okay, We want to make that real, real clear tonight. You may feel like it, but no, you cannot say the Scripture told me to. But you know what? Does that say something right there about how serious this is to God? Sure does. Proverbs 1.8 and Proverbs 3.1-2 say, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. And don't neglect or don't reject your mother's teaching. 
My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days, a full life, and well-being. Micah chapter 4, or Malachi chapter 4, look, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Otherwise, if this doesn't happen, otherwise I will come and strike the land with a curse. Matthew chapter 15, verse 4. This is Jesus speaking. For God said, Honor your father and your mother, and the one who speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. Matthew 19, 19. Honor your father and mother. Romans chapter 1, verse 28 to 30. And because they did not think it worthwhile to have God in their knowledge, God delivered them over to a worthless mind to do what is morally wrong. They are filled with all unrighteousness, evil, greed, and wickedness. They're full of envy, murder, disputes, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanders, God-haters, arrogant, proud, boastful, inventors of evil, and what? Disobedient to parents. And can we look at that for a moment? Would you look at the list of things that God puts disobedient to parents next to? That's in the same list as God-haters and murderers. Our passage tonight, Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. In one last verse, certainly not by no stretch of the imagination, all of the verses in the Bible that address this, but the last one we're going to look at tonight, Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing in the Lord. Did you get the point? Is God making a point here? He sure is. Over and over and over. And listen. The well-being of a child is at stake. The well-being of a nation. You ever heard that phrase, the children are our future? The well-being of a nation is at stake. You know what's surprising today? It's not that children disobey. Children have always disobeyed. They'll always continue to disobey. I disobeyed. You disobeyed. I'm going to have to, my parents are going to be here tomorrow and I'm going to have to say I disobeyed in front of them. Everybody disobeys. The issue is not that children disobey. What's amazing, what's frightening today, is parents don't seem to expect any different. We don't expect obedience. We don't expect honor. Why is it important that we expect respect? Let me give you a couple of reasons why this is so important. Number one, the home is life's starting blocks. This is where it gets started. This is where you get off on the right path. Now, Ephesians 6, 1 to 3, our passage tonight, what we just read was a quote from the Ten Commandments, which was the first verse that we read that was in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. Now, right there, doesn't that say something? Children honoring their parents made the top ten. The big list. I mean, the, the, the big ten. The most important ones we often have the, the view of. But not only did children obeying and honoring their parents make the Big Ten, but there's something very significant about its positioning. 
Because you see, the Ten Commandments is actually two lists. There's commands one through four, one, two, three, four. These are commands that govern our relationship with God. And then we have a second list in the top ten. That's commands five through ten that govern man's relationship with each other. And at the very top of the second list, at the very first command that governs how people relate with one another is children, honor your parents. It's the first one in the top ten about how we relate with each other. You know why that's the first one? I've got a very scientific observation here. It's the first one because parents is the first relationship we have on this planet. That's where we start with mom and dad. So here this child pops out of the womb. Boom. God's there with a command. This is what I want you to cut your eye teeth on. This is what you work out. This is what you handle. This is what you start with. Parents are the first relationship. Not only the first relationship, but the most prominent relationship in that first stage of life. And that kind of leads us to the second idea about why this is so important. Not only is the home life starting block, but the home is also life's lab. You know what a lab is, don't you? That's where you go in and you, and you mix and you experiment and you vent and you, and you figure it out and you get it ready so that you can go out into the world and apply. Well, as I said a moment ago, God has given this child this one command. This is your command. This is what you grow up with. Honor your mom and your dad. Now that word honor, I think you've heard me explain that in different sermons a number of times. That word honor in the Hebrew language means to make heavy, to make weighty, to make significant. The idea is that this person has so much weight, so much significance in my life that it literally governs how I might ever respond to them. I honor them in that kind of way. Now, this word obedience in Ephesians 6 and honor and obedience are used kind of interchangeably here. This word obey means to listen intently. It's interesting. How do you get obedience out of listening intently? The idea is that somebody listens intently. They listen very carefully because that person that is talking has such weight in my life, has such significance in my life that when they speak, I really want to be careful to get it. I really, really want to hear what they're saying so that I can respond in a way that shows how important they are to me. So that I can respond in a way that shows the honor that they have in my life. You know what's funny about that word obey, meaning to listen intently? When children disobey, what's one of their main excuses when we confront them? I didn't... I didn't hear you. Selective hearing. I didn't hear you. I didn't understand. I didn't know that's what you meant. Well, if you look at the meaning of this word, kids, youth, this is you're representing all the children in our church. If, if you look at the meaning of this word, what God is saying to you is no, no, no. Don't look for an opportunity to not quite hear what mom and dad said. No, if you even faintly hear their voice, you strain to hear, you strain to listen, you strain to understand because you want to be able to honor. You want to be able to obey. Now, here's the problem. God has said, now children, I want you to honor, I want you to strain to hear, I want you to obey. But somewhere along about the age of, oh, four, this child's going to figure out that these two people he or she's supposed to honor and respect and obey aren't always that honorable, respectable, and worthy of being obeyed. You know, sometimes these two people are, well, they're mean. 
And sometimes they act all high and righteous, and I need to do this and I need to do that, but they're just in a bad mood. You know, they're not really worth it. And so this four-year-old gets an appointment with God and says, Lord, I want to obey you and I want to obey my mom and dad. It's a very mature four-year-old. I want to obey you and I want to obey my parents. But you see these two people, they're, they're not really always, you know, worth it. So if you could just show me the line, show me the line where, you know, I can stop here. I don't have to obey anymore. I have to honor. I don't have to respect, you know, until everybody wakes up and starts off fresh. Where's the line, God? What would you think if I said God said there is no line? You always do this. And, you know, when we hear that, where does our mind go? We, we tend to go to the worst case scenario, don't we? You know, we think of the alcoholic. We, 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 we think of the absent parent. We think of the child abuser. We think of the, the sexual abuser. Gosh, I think a lot of us probably have been just torn apart this last couple of weeks by this, this guy that had sex with his three-year-old daughter, filmed it, and put it on the Internet. Now, certainly God does not intend that she honor her father. Yeah, he does. And that's difficult. We need to understand there's, there's various ways that we honor. Sometimes any attempt to honor, the most dishonorable person is honoring them. Honoring doesn't mean we're best friends. Honoring doesn't mean I compliment you once a day. Honoring doesn't mean I want to spend every day with you. I'll tell you what I believe the Scripture says. The scripture says that man, Old Testament times, would have been stoned. And in our times, if any justice is done, he'll spend the rest of his life in prison. The Scripture would lean us that way. So, when we say that she is to honor her dad, we need to understand something. Honor is not a gift. It's not a package that she takes and says, Here, Dad, you're so wonderful. This belongs to you. Honor is for her. All of God's commands are for us. They're for our life. They're for our well-being. No, He does not deserve to be honored. But you know what? If she grows up hating her father, and I'd be the first to say, I would have no idea how to begin counseling somebody in that situation. But I'll tell you this, I've seen it with enough adults. It's her own life that she's going to destroy, not her dad's, if she doesn't learn to honor and to forgive. Now, let's, if we can, let's back away for a moment from the worst case scenario, because the truth of the matter is that's not where most of us live. We don't live in the best case and we don't live in the worst case. We're just there in the middle, the whole lot of humanity. And, and so remember back to this four year old says, God, when, you know, when can I draw the line? When, when do I not have to obey? When do I not have to respect and honor? And God says, you always need to. Now, what did I just say? The home is a what? It's a lab. God has given this child this, this one command to experiment with, to work with. What does God want this child to learn? God wants this child to see that obeying me is not based on the deservedness of others. Do you realize if we took God's commands, and there is a massive amount of God's commands that have to deal with how we relate with each other. And if you and I could come to those commands and say, well, I know I'm supposed to love you. I know I'm supposed to forgive you. I know I'm supposed to minister to you. I know I'm supposed to encourage you. I know I'm supposed to honor you. I know I'm supposed to obey you. But y'all aren't worth it. Y'all don't deserve it. We'd never have to obey God, would we? We could look around and time after time after time, we would not need to obey the Lord. Who are the commands for? They're for us. It's our life that God's commands make work. 
And so if we build this situation where I don't have to obey any of God's commands because none of these people around me deserve it, my life's not going to work. My life's going to become a mess. And so God is not, you know, it's not that God didn't know that your parents would make a mess of things. Listen, God knew that parents were imperfect. God knew they'd make mistakes. Sometimes they're honest mistakes and sometimes they're not honest mistakes. Sometimes they're just being mean. Sometimes they're just pushing their weight around. I think about every parent does that. God knew that. But he's not saying honor them because I really think in the end they're worth it. He's saying, no, this is for you. You need to learn in this little laboratory, in this controlled environment, you need to learn that obeying me is not based on whether these people deserve it or not. And that's why, if you can learn this, life is going to go well. You see the logic behind it? There's a very reasonable logic behind it. As a matter of fact, we can flip to the other side. Look, take it from more of a negative approach. It's kind of the, the third point here. Home is an introduction to life's authority. Home's not the only place there's authority. Home's not the only place there's bad authority or unhonorable, dishonorable authority. Man, we're going to run into authority all throughout our life from teachers and bosses and and police officers and the church. We've got all these authorities out there. Folks, I've got news for you. If they don't learn to respect authority in the home, they don't go running out the front door and mystically become a lover of authority. No, if they have conflict with parental authority, they're going to carry that into the world and they're going to have conflict with the teachers and conflict with the boss and conflict with the police. And then guess what? Life doesn't what? Life doesn't go well. See, there's that very reasonable logic again behind what God's commanding. It's not an issue of whether this dad or this mom or both of them together deserve it. It's an issue of my life working, my life going well. God's commands are for us. And there's actually a little bigger problem here. Because quite often if we struggle with human authority, we're going to struggle with God's authority. You see why I say it's such a big issue that in our society we literally train people now to hate authority? To disregard authority, to, to doubt it, to look sideways at it? Instead of teaching to respect and to respond and to honor. Not because it's always right. Not because it's always honorable. Because it's for our life. Last point I want to make here is that the home is also life's best chance. Man, I, you know, I, I hope I can give my kids money as they go out the door and into their own life. And, I, yeah, you know, money, money has its benefits. <laughs> money, money does work for some things. But money doesn't make any promises. Uh, you can be very miserable with money. I always used to hear people say that and think, well, you know, if I had a choice of being miserable with money or miserable without money. I'm going miserable with money every single time. I mean, it won't take me long to pray about that. But you know what? Miserable still miserable, isn't it? Education. Man, I, I, I'm a big believer. Education will open more doors. Education will give more... I want to send my kids out the door with education. Education doesn't come with a lot of promises. It comes with some good benefits, but not, not promises... You know, I, I guess as long as I'm dad and whatever, whatever places I have a chance, man, if I can create opportunities for them, if I can make opportunities, I'm probably going to do that. Opportunity doesn't have a lot of ways to have promises. But God says, you know what, Randy, Karen, if you'll teach these kids about authority, how to live in it, how to live under it, how to respond appropriately to them, now you're sending them out the door with a promise.
I'll make sure life goes well. So what do we do? What do we need to do so that this happens? Well, number one, we need to teach our kids to respect and to honor and obey authority. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about what John Wayne just did. Yeah, yeah, certainly discipline, punishment is a part of teaching kids to respect and honor and obey authority. But I'm talking about teaching them, talking with them, using daily events, using life to talk about how we respond, why we respond to authority. Now, you know what's quite possible is that you and I will demand obedience from our kids, respect and honor. You know, we'll punish them if it doesn't happen. We'll teach them. See, here's where the Bible says respect authority. And then we sit down for dinner and for 30 minutes they listen to mom and dad complain about every single authority in their life. Mom and dad don't like the teachers. Mom and dad don't like the coaches. Dad hates that cop who gave him a ticket today. I hate my boss. What a jerk he is. Boy, a lot of teaching is going on right there. You see, what we're supposed to be teaching our kids is, guess what? You will never in your whole life not be under authority. It'll always be out there. So they pick up on it when we're telling them to respect it, and then they watch us badmouth every area of authority in life. We need to teach. We need to model a respect for authority. Third thing, we, or second thing we need to do is, is we need to try to be worthy of it. And, you know, the Lord does know He's giving these children a challenge. That's why He says for three verses here, children, you need to honor, respect, and obey your parents. And then in verse 4, which we're going to look at next week, He says, and parents, don't make this hard on them. Don't make this a mountain to overcome. We're going to talk next week about what it is we're to do with our authority. Because it's not just to get our way. God didn't give us authority so we'd have a couple little indentured servants for 18 years. Okay? That's not what we're supposed to be doing with it. We're going to talk about that next week. But you know what? If I'm a jerk and I do use my weight and size to get my way with my kids, guess what? I am creating a hurdle and a mountain for them to overcome in dealing with authority in life and potentially in dealing with God's authority. I mean, I want to work at that. I want to be cognizant of being a respectable authority. Third thing we need to do, you know what? If we've messed this up, we haven't trained children this way, we've abused our authority, you know what we do? We confess. We confess it to the Lord. We confess it to our children. Man, with God's grace, folks, it is never too late to make things right. It's never too late to do the right things. Oh, my children are grown. I can't, I can't do that now. Sure you can. You can always go to a grown child and say, you know what? I believe the Scripture wants us to live under authority. And God's my authority. And He gave me some instructions. And you know what? I, I ignored them or I, I didn't really take the opportunity to grow and learn in them. And I, I really didn't give you something my authority, God, told me to give you. And I apologize for that. And I ask your forgiveness. Wow. What an opportunity to show the power that authority has over us. To model humility. That doesn't mean they'll accept it. That doesn't mean they'll respond appropriately. But remember, we don't obey based on people's worthiness. We don't obey based on how they're going to respond. We obey because God is good. And what He's given us is good for us. Lastly, and I guess somewhere in this sermon we actually should say something to the kids. It is their sermon, right? 
children, you are to respect, honor, and obey your parents. That means in God's mind, you actually listen very carefully. You are always wanting to understand what they said so you can respond in the most appropriate way. Listen to me. Authority is huge for God. And we live in a society that hates it. Well, you see, you see how where we have to be of these pictures that are constantly flying in front of us, whether it's the news or the TV or entertainment or just the culture talking. We really need to work at this. This is not a, a sermon or a little family Bible study once a year. We need to teach respect and honor authority. Maybe the best thing you can give your children. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I don't don't pretend, and I hope these people understand this, that every time I communicate Your Word, I, I fully understand why You did it that way. Boy, Lord, we just think of these last three sermons. There, there are some husbands that are really unworthy of being submitted to. There are some wives that are just really not worth that kind of loving sacrifice. There are some moms and dads that are, are really, really bad. God, I... I don't always completely see why you would say that. But God, I trust. I trust your word. Because I know you're good. And you don't give us anything that's not good. God, I also trust your word because I've never seen it fail. I've never seen your word fail somebody. God, would you give us the courage and the faith to trust you? Would you give us the wisdom to see how to honor? Because, Lord, certainly I know you do recognize there's kind of a range of how we might honor different parents. God, for those that are way down on the end of dishonorable, would you show us how we might show some level of respect and some level of honor? And let us see the freedom, the healing, the goodness in our own lives that might result from that. Because God, we believe, we trust that in obedience is your blessing. We want that for ourselves and God, we want that for our kids. We may not be in a nation, Lord, that honors it, but may we be a people, may we be a church that honors and respects authority. Because ultimately, God, it's honoring and respecting you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray this. Amen.